Bonne chance, Lekanad. And welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and video games that aren't Red Dead Redemption 2. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games that aren't Red Dead Redemption 2. Matt, uh, have you played anything that is not Red Dead Redemption 2? I did. Um, I played two things. Red Dead and Red Dead Redemption, Redemption 2. two. Uh, no, I, I haven't touched that thing since I began playing Hitman 2. Um, which I like a lot and I will talk about, but first I want to talk about something I don't understand. (laughs) uh, Everybody is, I think this is a rich vein for us just generally, or like things we don't understand. And if you understand this, please write in. Yes, please do write in. Um, I took a break from playing Hitman and because it was, had been in the news recently, I decided to boot up Diablo 3, which I had never played before. Did you get the Switch version of Diablo 3? No, because that was $60 and the same exact version was available on the PlayStation Store for $20. Ah, a screaming deal. Still a waste of money. Uh, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions on Diablo 3 as a game, that was, but for that me... Was a pretty aggressive statement out of the gate this was a waste of money um 20 dollars don't get it at all i kept waiting to i like games where you were like you're spending a lot of time kind of like grinding and not really doing a whole lot like i i really enjoy um dead cells for instance which is a lot of grind yeah and and it's a combat focused thing with combat focused grind i don't understand like i don't think i died playing diablo 3 at all and what? I was playing it on the this I, at first. I was playing it on the hardest difficulty, a nightmare then, or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not dying on this, but everything seems like a grind. Then I dropped it down a level, and things started dying faster. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a little bit more fun. And then it just never varied. I just held down two different buttons. There was no real variation in the combat, really. And I don't know whether that's because I was just too early in the game. You're just too good. But no, I it's it uh, definitely wasn't too good. It's just a matter of waiting for things to refresh. Then you use the things that you need to wait to refresh, and otherwise you just use your main ability that doesn't require a refresh. It's definitely like the game is managing cooldowns against different types of mobs. Yeah, which is what a lot of Blizzard games are. I assume it's like MOBAs as well, right? Are similar yeah, to that. I'm, Managing yes. cooldowns, yes. I guess. Yeah. yeah. In in a lot of ways. And so, I mean, that's true of uh World of Warcraft. Yeah. I guess that school of RPG design is very much about kind of your abilities are all on these timers. Yeah, I was extraordinarily underwhelmed by it. Did you not uh I guess for me, uh and I have not played Diablo three, but I played a, a bunch of Diablo two and one, and I liked them because I felt like one, I did die. Like I felt like pressured. Yeah. Uh, and then you're constantly on this kind of treadmill of getting cool things that are exciting because they make you more powerful. But, but you it get sounds like so many that managing them is just. I love inventory management yes. when it's when things are essential and drops are rare. Like Resident Evil 4's inventory management is a fun. Oh, so good. That's a game to me. I would yes. play that game. Resident Evil 4 inventory management, the game. We should probably make a Flash game like that and get on Kotaku. <laughs> Does anybody play Flash games anymore? 
No, actually, they don't support Flash anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say we should make an HTML5 game. <laughs> um, I would, I would play the shit out of that. Yeah, that sounds really fun because I love like inventory management. I love resource management. I do not like getting drop after drop after drop where I can't really tell what's actually better. Unless if I go into the menus and there's the PS4 version actually lets you it like relatively makes it easy for you to tell what's actually better or not. So I guess my well, issue is color coded. Yeah, it's all color coded, but I don't feel a difference in the power of my attack. It's like a very slight one. There's yeah. a slight difference, but that, it's not satisfying. That's interesting. And it doesn't vary my attack at all. Do you think that's because you didn't feel like you were underpowered ever? So then becoming more powerful really wasn't impactful to you that's probably part of it this also might be because i was playing the demon hunter class which the classes play differently yeah which might be a result of the class i was playing i chose that one because i thought it might be a little bit like robotron because i like robotron yeah you're a big fan yeah uh robotron is challenging though yeah robotron is brutal (laughs) and i don't i wasn't looking for a huge challenge i was looking for something where i felt a sense of advancement and kind of like movement um i feel like that's exactly the sort of thing that i think Diablo 2 and 1, at least, were very good at. And that's why I'm so confused by this, because it seems as though everything lined up, and for whatever reason, I I mean, I played a bit of, like, I played several hours of it. Like, I didn't bounce off of it immediately. Um, And I played another several hours in a second sitting. And it just wasn't, I have no desire to go back. I don't think I'll ever open it again. I wish I could return it, but. That's really rough. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, do you, I mean, because it, it's, it's like one of the most popular games in the entire world. It's, it's, yeah, a, and it's a five or six year old game that is still being ported and downloaded over and over and over again. Well, and people will just go through and just run the dungeons because they're randomly generated and go at it again and again, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the other issue I had with it was that the dungeons weren't particularly interesting. They're randomly generated, but not, they're so large and there's they're so empty feeling and i wonder whether that's a result of the game being kind of older but they feel very empty as opposed to like dead cells randomly generated dungeons which yeah always feel packed with secrets and kind of like exciting little things yeah i i guess that i always thought of diablo as potentially quite challenging so it's interesting to me that you're finding it such a breeze because i think that part of what is fun about it is making it challenging for yourself so if it's not engaging you on that level i can see where it would be really dull because it, it seems like you came away from it bored yes i was bored i yeah. was listening to a podcast within the first hour because the story isn't interesting oh no it's yeah. it's a game about going and killing demons yeah that's so what it i is. knew that people like listen to podcasts and just like kind of chilled out and played diablo and so i did that and it's still just it kind of like my hand was just my fingers were sort of sore from just holding buttons over and over again mm-hmm. and it just didn't nothing about it felt good so that's a, a bummer. huge bummer. Yeah, it was. Uh, I have no idea what, <laughs> like, uh, having not played it, I don't know. And it's been a long time since I played Diablo, yeah. but I just thought it was really cool. So that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I was originally, I got it in part because I thought it would be fun for us to, like, just play through together, too. Yeah. And I just, no desire to play <laughs> through. It's not like, happening. Yeah, no. Uh, no. Speaking of games we've played together, though. Yeah. I did not play Red Dead 2 because I was away from my house and Red Dead 2 is on a PlayStation 4. 
that I couldn't bring on a plane with me. <laughs> I mean, you could. You just have to get I could imaginative. Have. I would have had to get one of those little PS1 screens and strapped it on oh. the back of the thing. Um, <laughs> Imagine playing Red Dead 2. <laughs> 240 like, P on like a tiny yeah. PS1 screen. It's funny you what bring that joke. up because the game I did play actually presents kind of a similar problem. Hmm. So I played uh, Dark Souls Remastered. Never heard of it. <laughs> No, this is the one with the, the darkest souls. Uh, uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is a uh, dungeon crawler, kind of like a Diablo, um, <laughs> where you're a wizard man or a swordsman and or lady. Swordsman or swordswoman. Yes, swordswoman. And you descend into a world overtaken by demons and you have to clear it out. Um, we played Dark Souls 3 together. Uh about last year and that was really fun yeah it was a blast. and i was so excited to play dark souls one the game that i've held up as the best in the series um i replayed i played the remastered it's worth noting several months ago hello dark souls my old friend and I you played it about on the podcast on the playstation right? i played it on the playstation 4 so it was it was 60 frames per second yeah buttery smooth upgraded yeah. assets lots of nice stuff it was it i in my opinion, still holds up as the best game in the series. I might end up having to get that version because I got the Switch version. I was really excited to get this game on Switch and play it on the go because I love this game and it's really cool, you think, (laughs) that you'll be able to play it anywhere you want. After all, we suffered through the Xbox 360 version. Indeed, which which ran at 10 frames a second during certain portions. And was wonderful. Right. This version uh, runs at a higher resolution does look pretty sharp runs at 30 frames a second but is much more solid than the uh 361 ever was and it is a bad port it is really like okay here's bob's experience with it started up i'm just in the very opening area and i press the attack button which is the shoulder button and on the switch those shoulder buttons are like when you're playing it in handheld they're small and it's kind of cramped they're like the width of a piece of paper right and so i thought you know, I probably should just like switch these because I use light attack more than heavy attack. So I'll just make the light attack buttons, the heavy attack buttons and switch them. I do this in the menu. It hard crashes the game out to menu. <laughs> Is that just its way of uh, saying nope? Well, it nope. took the changes. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you boot it back up. When you boot it up, it doesn't interface properly with the switches like being online or offline. So it pops like four errors, which is really dumb because you're definitely going to be playing this game on the go. It's on the Switch. And I understand it's internet connected, but like if you're porting this game to the Switch, you should probably take that into consideration. It definitely doesn't handle it well, right? Um, I have not played it docked, so I haven't seen it on a big screen. On the small screen, they haven't... You realize that Nintendo actually has a lot of experience building interfaces for small screens. Um, turns out the people who ported this, which was not from, I looked it up, Yeah, uh, they clearly do not because what they did is just take the whole game and just put it on the smaller screen and the font doesn't render right. So all of the font is like kind of bouncy. Like it, it's Ooh. like, it doesn't actually align properly on the lines. Like the font isn't built for that screen, right? And yeah. they're not doing the correct kind of smoothing to handle it. So the whole thing just kind of looks wrong. It will randomly crash when you're in the settings menu because uh, every time I switch the settings to anything, it just bails out to the home screen. You reboot it, and then the game 
freaks out because it's not connected to the internet. You get into the game and it goes, you didn't s- turn this off properly. You have to exit to the screen. Classic Dark Souls. Uh, and you're like, I, I would have, but you crashed. <laughs> um, very frustrating. Then I started playing it. It is still Dark Souls. Um, it's still good. It actually retains a bug or... I don't know. People online are like, it's not a bug. It's how the system works. Don't mash, noob. Okay. There is an (laughs) issue in Dark Souls 1 that I experienced on that 360 as well, where it's like if you have a command being input, like you're blocking, and then you hit the attack button, it will like not register the attack. And then the next button you press, like both of them will go out. And Hmm. it like is this weird lag that will occur. And it's one of those things where I had totally forgotten about this being an issue. And I started playing this, and it was just like all the memories rushed back. And then I went online, and there's all these other people like, they didn't fix this thing. It was Swan's Madeline for you. Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. So I wonder if that's replicated on the PS4 remaster. It probably is. And it seems like it's something where, depending on how you press the buttons, you either encounter it a lot or you don't. Um, It definitely is not the intended way for the game to work, regardless of what people say. You know what I mean? Yeah. and there are other people who have experienced it, so I'm not crazy, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that's not great. It feels old, and I think I came out of it. So I have gotten, like, I'm almost to an Orlando situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I like Dark Souls 3 more. I think it might Aww. be a better game. It's possible. We have to go back to Dark like Souls 3 and play again. like the Onion Knight showed up Aww. for a second. Did uh, you meet the Onion Knight? Oh, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. yeah, and he at the point where he just goes hmm and doesn't mm. even say anything. Yeah, he's just thinking. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, but it's not the greatness that you remember. It is surprising to me how I notice its rough edges. Hmm. Uh, and there are a fair number of them, and like there are things about it that are good, but I don't know that they're that the things about it that are kind of obtuse and weird are actually integral to the experience, like I thought. Like, I think that the the ways in which they kind of smooth everything out in Dark Souls 3, which somebody could be like, it's just for casuals. Maybe. <laughs> but also, maybe yeah. they just made a slightly better version of this game. What's something that they smooth out? Like, I honestly don't know. I think that there's better explanations for stuff. Yeah. And, I, like, mechanics. It's also, it, it's less, Dark Souls 3 doesn't have you, its introductory area doesn't have you um, moving. Well, I, not it's, I should say it's post-introductory area, because you have the Asylum in uh, Dark Souls 1, yes. and then Dark Souls 3, you yes. have that area leading up to the, whatever that big stone palace thing rotunda thing yeah rotunda thing but the areas immediately after that it really opens up in dark souls one it feels like zelda the legend of zelda the original legend a little bit dark souls 3 doesn't do that quite the same dark souls 3 is more it's much more linear yes it is a more linear game and i think uh it's a more linear game to its betterment i i think it actually on some level Uh, i think it helps the other thing that i've noticed about dark souls one going back to it is it's much more fond of environments that feel like somebody made the environment and then somebody else made the character movement. And then they were like, I guess that you'll have to navigate these narrow passages with this and your character will be like half clipping off of the thing. Like That is true. And it's totally this intentional, right? Like yeah. you're supposed to do this stuff. 
you're constantly swinging your sword and bouncing off of everything. Well, and and like you're constantly walking on narrow pathways over pits. That yes. It just feels like your character is not actually meant to walk oh, on. Oh, you have like one foot is actually off the pathway. And the camera is yeah. super jacked up. And like it just feels like it's sort of that's the charm of it. But it also is definitely something that isn't, for lack of a better word, nice. And I so it's a question of better game versus more maybe more charming game or like more polished in a traditional sense. Yeah. When I look at it, I almost feel like Dark Souls Three is potentially a more accurate representation of what they wanted to do with Dark Souls One, regardless of whether or not Dark Souls One. It doesn't mean that it's better or worse. Mm-hmm. I think though that it has all the hallmarks of like okay, I want it to run well. I want it to not feel like you're constantly breaking the game. I want it to be really clear. Like, I felt like the weapon upgrade system was clearer to me. Like, the whole thing just felt like I wasn't constantly lost. And it's been just long enough since I played this game that I felt kind of lost. But I was playing it on airplanes a lot, so I couldn't look anything up. Yeah. But isn't that, like, the point? Isn't the point to be lost? Very well could be. So wouldn't maybe... I mean, what I would argue is that there's a middle ground. Mm. That there's somewhere in the middle between between Dark Souls 1 and 3 where you have the polish of 3. And that's what the remaster ideally would have been except for the yeah. fact that there are still issues with 1. Like you pointed out, there's, there's a lot of jankiness in the way that you're trying to manage platforming the and Capra other things demon that the game is still like for. the camera still flips out and you just get yeah. wrecked in the corner like i mean i w- i never have trouble with the Capra demon for whatever reason <laughs> it must be nice to be you i don't know why i've never had i always managed to get that guy on my first time what, it always happens that it takes me like three tries because the first two i walk in and the dog's like the dog in the corner and then you're just like oh no the camera's looking at me sideways and it flips out and the dude hits there's me. a way that you can cheese it and like get the dogs to come out at you ahead of fighting the oh Capra really itself. i never yeah. realized that um the more you know yeah totally uh but yeah i think that that there my ideal would be something like dark souls 3 but with a little bit more of the non-linearity non-linearity of dark souls 1 i get it. which i really continue to adore despite the fact that i know exactly where i'm going you know now in dark souls 1 i will never forget like the first time I played it. Yeah. And and just I'm with feeling you. a satisfying sense of being lost. There's a solidity to that world. Um, and when you're kind of wandering around and you kind of find yourself next to a secret passage and you go down it and suddenly you like pop out somewhere else and go like, oh, this is over there. And you look over and the thing is over there and the whole yeah. thing lines up. And that is immensely satisfying or when after you beat the gargoyles and you're up on the the yep. top of that tower and you're looking down at all the places you've been well i love like you know i went i go down every time i do this i get to darker garden i go down that side pass i beat the black knight that's down there and then yeah. i go around the lake and i go beat hovel and he's at the bottom of the tower from the start of the game and you're like oh wow this is all right here yeah you get hovel's ring yes so which good is essential um man what a good game and it is but I feel like against my expectations and maybe the other, like the remasters on the big consoles are done with a bit more love and kind of smooth it all over. That is my understanding. It, it just, 
it just feels kind of not as good. And I don't know if I've gone soft (laughs) or But it doesn't sound like you're struggling with it. It feels actually harder. Uh, It felt easier at first. Definitely having the clicky shoulder buttons on the Switch makes parrying way easier than having those mushy triggers. Like, you are parrying everybody because you you hit it and you know exactly where it's going to engage. With the triggers, it was always kind of this, like, where does it click? Yeah, you know what I you mean? never actually know when you've when you've pushed it down. Right, and it's properly. always that kind of like, does it just when I touch it at all, is it going yeah. or what? This is just like, no, I pressed the button and he parried that dude. And so I'm much more adept at parrying, which is nice. But I do feel like it's harder, and I can't tell if it's that the screen is smaller. I think there is an element where, and I come back to, Nintendo has been making handheld games a long time and making games for small screens. And so when you play all those Nintendo games on the Switch, you're like, it works just as good as on the TV. It's just like super easy. Yeah. Uh, there's something about the camera and stuff here where you constantly feel like it's not meant to be here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it that's, just isn't that's right. really a problem on a on a small screen yeah. like the Switch. I, honestly, I kind of can't imagine playing it on a small screen. Yeah. I, and I mean that like literally it's very difficult for me to imagine the experience of doing that. So It's weird. I'll give you that. Did you uh did you get any looks on the airplane from any other? Anybody no, I really wanted to, to have like sun? eye contact with somebody, and then we both praise the sun, but it didn't yeah. happen. I wanted it to be like, look, we're not online, but I left you a message in your seat when you went to the bathroom, and it's like it's the three gl- little lines, <laughs> a glowing orange <laughs> yeah. message. Yeah. Ah, yes. What would you do if you encountered that in real life? I would read it, and then it would say like, try jumping, and I would not jump. <laughs> Or it would say, like, try the rear, and then you would realize that there's some sort of a butt joke in here. Yeah, classic butt jokes. Lots of them. <sighs> so anyways, it kind of bummed me out. Uh, honestly, on my home flight, I, like, died to the Moonlight Butterfly, and then I just turned it off and played Mario Kart. And, man, Mario Kart is a hell of a game. Did you play with your wife on the plane? I've done that before. I know you guys She was before. asleep oh, I think, okay. this time. Or you didn't was... wake her up? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> get up (laughs) we have to game it's time to cart uh but man that game is awesome yeah mario kart 8 is is a joy (laughs) it is so fun and like i forget how fun it is just to play against the computer because the computer is just challenging enough that you're like on 150 cc you are working for it you're cranking and it's a lot of fun you gotta pedal real fast yeah exactly great game uh so tell us about hitman because you seem to have enjoyed that and right now we're being real downers uh yeah hitman is a lot of fun hitman is just more hitman you know it's i played the first three missions on the like there's casual difficulty then there's like the regular difficulty and then there's the like hard difficulty setting Mm -hmm. and the is that just the level of assistance that is available to you yeah it'll i mean i guess you technically die faster but you die so fast in hitman when you're getting shot that you don't want to be engaging yeah you don't want to be engaging anyone um so I, uh, it, but mostly it just like, it turns off all of the like little icons that appear over like potential, okay. what they call story missions where you can yeah. like infiltrate more easily or where it will kind of guide you through the level. If you start following them. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because um, this is a game where you're a hitman. Yes. You play a hitman who does not actually, he probably wants to avoid 
any kind of shooting and fighting as much as he possibly can. In the ideal because he's situation, he's a very fragile hitman. Yes. Well, I think they really are in general yes. because the their <laughs> because operative they're word there, too. man. Yeah. Because uh, you're just a dude. And your goal is really to walk into a kind of clockwork environment that's sort of happening around you on its own time schedule and execute a clean hit. And there's a lot of different variation that can be introduced there. But your goal is always to get in and get out with limited contact with anybody who knows what the hell's going on. Exactly. And that's what's so fun about it, because these environments um, are get larger and larger with each installment, but are relatively small compared to, say, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. Uh, but the depth is extraordinary. A there's Majora's an, mask like density. Yes. There's so much going on and there are so many different avenues to each potential target that it just rewards replaying and playing. It's like it's truly a sandbox that you just get inside of and throw the sand around in any direction you want. Yeah. With it's, the first one I found like I liked one of the levels more and I would just play that one. Despite having the other ones I was like, I don't like those as much, and I just kept burrowing deeper into one of them. There's there's such a sense of, a satisfying sense of pa panic that comes across in moments, especially because on the harder difficulty, you can only save once. Nice. That's so awesome. it's really limits. So when you have three targets, you like, it took me, it took me 20 minutes to get that first target. I had to go through all of this, like, dressing up as as a famous Broadway actor in order to like sneak into this Mumbai compound where like they're filming some sort of strange movie and et cetera. And like, do I save now or do I save after I kill the second of the three targets? Yeah. The third one of whom I haven't even identified yet. And how am I going to identify him? Um, and it's, that's like, so there's like that sense of panic that's very satisfying that's induced. Yeah. That, uh, that only really, really great, um, sort of, I guess you could say immersive Sims sort of pull out of you that sense of like, I have to, I have to find a way to fix this problem and I need to do it quickly and I need to do it efficiently and not necessarily that there's a timer, but there is, but there's great risk to you. There's a sense that the game will not wait. Yes. You are, I think that the, the difference between Hitman and other games uh, broadly is that in most games you are very much in control of the pace of them. You know what I mean? Like your advancement triggers advancement in the game. Yes. Whereas exactly. Hitman is like gonna happen. And the question is, will you be in the right place at the right time? This game is Majora's Mask. It is Majora's Mask. I think that that's clockwork is a good way of explaining yeah. it. Is that because the pieces are always moving all around you and you need to. And so as a result, there's sometimes amazing serendipity. And yes. there's nothing more satisfying than a serendipitous moment, especially when you feel as though you are about to fail and suddenly the option like yep. opens up for you. Well, and there's that constant sense of like every time you play it, even if you don't quite actually execute the knowledge that you pick up from one session allows you the next time to go like okay that person's gonna be there so you, where is the other person you learn the levels so well yes it's and incredible it's, it's really satisfying it's a i find it to be an extraordinarily satisfying game so it does get a bit repetitive um, definitely because your verbs are pretty limited still have but, you been uh, doing like the challenges where it's like try and do this mission wearing only the, the suit acceleration challenges? Uh, I don't know if that's what they were called before. I think but they're called acceleration okay. or something like that. I haven't done any of those yet. I only played the first three levels um, 
and I've played each of them through, or I played two of them through several times, but I haven't tried any of those where it stacks new challenges one on top of another. Mm. Um, I'm still kind of like getting a feel for it. Definitely, I know one of the levels, the next one that I'm going to play, which I'm saving for for like I don't know, maybe tonight or someday when I don't have anything to do, is uh, Vermont. <laughs> and so it'll be awesome it's just set in vermont somewhere so i'm really looking forward to that but as a vermonter it's telling yeah as a vermonter it's telling though that my feeling about this game is that i have to set aside time for it because it is you when you start a level you are indulging because you are going to fail a bunch and it's a lot of a lot of um kind of what's the word the phrase i'm looking for you learn by failing trial and error trial and error that sounds right if you what i find about it too is that like if you ignore if you were to follow like the icons that they give you and just like follow the story beats it literally just tells you what to do oh yeah um, you you can coast right through it on the on the yeah. normal difficulty even it's a little bit too it's very guided it's too guided in my opinion well i think that there's a balancing act there for the developer because you know i didn't play the earlier entries in hitman other than like up until the more recent yeah the reboot precursor which to this is game. which is 2016's hitman which i believe this game includes it doesn't you have to pay extra oh, for it okay. but it does treat it as though you are as though it is a season two and there's season one not on the disc gotcha but that you can download it and play season one from the same menu my understanding is that they added some of the features of the new games to those old levels yes that's what i've heard too so there's like, a tall grass yes there is tall grass where you don't have to crouch there's a i mean it's just it's it's just fun it's um it's fun it's it's a lot of the same like i said it's so it can be diminishing returns in long when you play it for a long time but man it's it's more hitman i guess is, is all yeah. i have to say and hitman has been good since 2016 yes it is a good thing um and i guess my question for you my experience with the first one was that the levels were kind of hit and miss where some of them were really complex and cool and very intricate. And then others were sort of exceptionally linear, like even just um, without following the prompts that I was given, just sort of plowing through it like the idiot that I am. It was like, okay, this is the only way to go. Have you felt that there's that sort of disparity where like some of them are like, wow, this is really intricate and others are just sort of flat? There's an introductory level. The game starts kind of in media res. So you start right in a level uh -huh. basically. And that one is relatively straightforward, but it's really there just to teach you the basics of how to play the game. Yeah. It's a smaller level. So maybe in that regard, it is sort of, you know there's i think that there it's by design you know fewer easier fewer routes um but the three large levels that i've played have all been very expansive and the different routes that i've taken i mean a lot of the time when i'm when i'm doing like the the hardest difficulty it's i, I don't necessarily play the stories all the way through mm -hmm. because i want to grab an opportunity when i have it um but there's a lot of variety there's a lot of variety. I yeah. played the Mumbai level for uh, probably like several hours just the other day, just trying out everything I could, and, you know, not not actually beating it and just right. like failing in the most fun ways. So no, it's the the linearity is sometimes like the stories themselves feel a little bit overly linear, but like uh, 
you can upset that at any time if you want, if you're willing to. It's just that sometimes on the harder difficulty, you're not willing to upset it, or you yeah, you have it, to upset it very carefully. Very there are circ- s- circumstances in which if you've been following it the way they want you to, and that's like kind of the only way to get to the depth that you're at. Mm-hmm. If you break out, like it goes very bad, very fast because like your options have become so limited because you've been going down this path where now you're in like the belly of the beast, so to speak. It lets you break out of that stuff surprisingly well, especially if you um, switch a disguise. Mm. I do a decent amount of running away in this game. Just oh, like that's a getting, huge part of it. Yeah, getting getting the hell out of Dodge like as fast as I can yeah. and then switching a disguise somewhere. Sometimes I will switch back to like my original clothes because I'll have stashed them somewhere. Nice. And I'm not compromised in my original like whatever whatever the hitman decides he wants to wear, which is usually like a polo tucked into white pants. Yes, he is very fond of the business casual look. <laughs> it's like he's on a golf outing <laughs> he where is, he kills. He is a golfer more often than not. Like in yeah. sartorially, he is a golfer. Totally. Uh, and I think that that's probably because everybody he's killing is like a rich dude. Yeah. You can also kill people with golf clubs. Of course you can. And shovels. Can I don't know. Anything. I can't remember. There's a lot of stuff. There is. There's a lot of things. Speaking of kids games, <laughs> I, I uh, played um, Mar- Super Mario Party a fair amount this Thanksgiving. The first one? No, uh, the Super Mario Party, which oh. is on the Switch. Wait, which, which, but this is like Mario Party... 14 yeah it's did they yes. number this one no it's just super mario party oh it's called super mario party as opposed to just mario party this is super mario party so the other ones were just mario party yeah like okay. 12 or capital j-u-s-t capital m-a-r yeah this yeah. is just super mario party <laughs> this is getting confusing i Tell know me more who's on first uh generally speaking mario <laughs> i guess this. um that's it fair. is a board game that you play on a computer with your friends, and then you play a bunch of mini games that are WarioWare like in nature. Are they as weird as WarioWare? Mm, not really. Okay. So, like some of them are spectacularly fun. Some of them are not. Sounds and like Mario Party. Winning the game. Yeah, it is honestly like kind of not that good, but tons of fun. Like I really enjoyed my time with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Each of the games lasts about an hour. Um, but it's not like it's so lightly skill based that it's just kind of like a opportunity to shit talk. Like that's like what it provides is just like some of the fun of just like making fun of dumb stuff that happens yeah. and making fun of each other. So it's like a good social thing. But like as a game, it's it's really just there to facilitate social interaction. It's kind of it's sort of an interesting thing. Um I like games like that. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Like so, Johann Sebastian Joust. Dude, this game this game doesn't have anything that good. Okay. My favorite mini game though is everybody is in the middle of this circle, and then (laughs) Koopas with cameras, or like Toads with cameras, are paparazzis, and they walk up to a ladder on one side of the circle. And your goal is simply to be in front of the camera when they take the picture. <laughs> and your only button is just you press the A button and your character pushes. And so then you push each other out of the way. And then it will always show you the picture that was taken. I was going to ask, yeah. And they have animated everybody like in their like throws of like getting pushed. And so it is hilarious. It is so good. And it is such a classic Nintendo yeah. thing. Uh, it would be so much fun to be on the team that's like brainstorming ideas the amount of creativity in it is really impressive there are 80 of these mini games <laughs> like we didn't see all of them yeah uh 
it is dumb as hell. Like, I cannot emphasize enough that, like, anything negative that anybody wants to say about Mario Party is probably true, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, it's a no-skill game for babies. It's like, you are totally right. It is fun, though. It teaches babies to push. It teaches bad lessons to everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Um, it's also Mario Party. But it definitely is, like faster than i expected it to be having not played a mario party in ages yeah like it still has a little too much menus and stuff but you can kind of get it going and you're just moving through mario party you know what i mean you're just playing the game does it have um a mini game in which you can essentially rub the very center of your palm raw by no. by having to circle around it on does the not joystick? they do not do any rotational joystick challenges oh that's a good. little bit of motion stuff Okay. Uh, like a couple things that you're just like, this is a wee ass Wii game. I used to play the uh, Sonic Mario Party that was on the Dreamcast. No Mario featured, but I it was don't just even a know what Sonic the Hedgehog themed like what? Mario Party style game. What was it called? I can't remember for the life of me. My sister and I used to play it all the time. Man, I didn't even know that was a game. Yeah, I I, I can very clearly remember one of the boards that you played on. Maybe <laughs> there was there's probably only one board that you played on. There are several boards in this game. Yeah, that's we, good. We didn't see we them need all. variety. Yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. Like, it's not great, but, like... It sounds like it's not maybe a very good game, but it's, like you said, a good social lubricant. Yes. And, like, it has things that happen where, like, there, <laughs> the game is just scored on stars, right? Like, sounds like you Mario. collect coins from each of the mini games and mm -hmm. from landing on spaces, but then there's, like, a random spot on the map that has a star at any given point. If you land on that space and you have 10 coins, you can buy the star. Oh, okay. But where it goes is totally random. And so there were twice, uh, my wife and I were on a team, right? Where we were just trading the controller every yeah. turn. Twice, we had a turn where we rolled a really high number, hit the star, bought the star. The star moved like four spaces in front of us and we hit it again on the same turn. Incredible. Definitely you facilitates want, some shit talking. You want everybody to be really pissed off? You do that twice. <laughs> In one of these cases, we started the turn with this item, uh, which is just a golden pipe, and it drops you directly in front of the star, and then you roll. That's basically like the golden gun in Goldeneye. Yes, exactly. Uh, and we were odd-jobbing it up because we hit that thing, used the pipe, got the star. Star moves two... Spaces in front of us. We get the star again. We go two steps forward. We hit the shop. We buy another pipe. The shop, as a random event, shuts down. <laughs> and we land on the same space we started on. Meaning that nothing changed except we gained two stars. So you can overshoot the star, right? If it's two spaces you, in you front of you? You hit it along the way. Yeah. You buy it. And then your move continues. Okay. So you don't have to roll exactly a two in order to land on no, the star. No. And spaces like, away. honestly, if it stopped your movement when you hit it, that might fix <laughs> the obvious insanity of you being able to hit multiple stars in a turn. Well, hopefully Miyamoto is listening. Yeah. Listen up. I'm here to balance this game. <laughs> it's very important that we fix Mario Party now in its 28th <laughs> installment. Then we can talk about Dark Souls. I look forward to Mario Party 64. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt. Do you have any other games to talk about? Uh, no, I played Civ 6 for a hot second and realized that Civ 4 is much more fun and doesn't burn my lap off. Thank God for Steam's refunds. 
<laughs> it's been a real week for you. It has. Yeah, I think we both played a lot. Um, well, was there anything else that you did or saw or like what did? am I thankful for? Yeah, well, post Thanksgiving, uh, what did you enjoy that wasn't a video game in the past week? Oh, um, I've been reading a lot of Margaret Atwood, and I enjoy Margaret Atwood. I know there are some people who don't like Margaret Atwood. I I don't know if there are. are is there anybody who doesn't like Margaret? Yeah, Atwood? there are people that don't like Margaret Atwood. Really? Why? I don't know. Margaret I don't. At- I don't love Margaret Atwood. I like her. Yeah, I love Margaret Atwood. Um, I've been reading a lot of Margaret Atwood, and I've just been thinking a lot about Margaret Atwood. And Margaret Atwood is great. I love Cat's Eye. Hmm. Cat's Eye is a great book. I never read it. It's 1989. Margaret Atwood. I was two. How would I have read that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, very Audio. Cool. Okay, yeah. Audio My mom adaptation. would read it to me while Cat's I was in the kids. cradle. Yeah. Cat's Eye in the Cradle. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my favorite thing of the week. Do you have something that you enjoyed that wasn't a video game? Moana. Children's movie Moana. <laughs> have you heard of this movie? I have. I'm trying to place it. It's uh, Pixar, right? No, no it's, it's Disney, Disney, but Disney doing their Pixar. Riff. Well, Disney does. Uh, no, yeah, Disney does. Lasseter have, produces yeah. everything now, and it's you yeah. Know. Uh, I saw the movie Frozen, and I thought it was the worst goddamn piece of trash I had ever seen in my life. And everybody said it was good, and it became really popular. And so when Disney Animation Studios released their next movie, Moana, and everybody said it was good, I was like, there is no way that I am going to get suckered again. Uh, And then I spent Thanksgiving with two young children, and we watched Moana. How many times? We watched it once, uh, but then I actually got a new TV on Black Friday, and before coming over here to record, I fired up Moana and watched <laughs> about 10 minutes of it, because one, it is a visual tour de force. It is absurd. Um, my least favorite part of it is actually the way that it looks in some ways, because they have chosen to make everything look incredibly realistic, like so realistic. The water in this is like... I, it looks realer than real life water and the hair looks more real than real people's hair. But then it's on these like super deformed people whose skin like absorbs and reflects light, like real skin, but their features are like crazy cartoon people. (laughs) This sounds like a nightmare. It sounds like a Bosch painting come to life. I, I find it kind of odd. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, you love this movie. Yes. Uh, because this movie is just the rawest hero's journey I've seen in a long time. Like it doesn't. You do, do like a raw hero journey. Well, I, I just I think that if you're making a kids movie or something that's just sort of like I'm making a movie for everyone, you know what I mean? And I just want to tell a story about somebody discovering something about themselves. The hero's journey is pretty good. Like it is a solid structure for that. And dude. This movie hits every single one of those beats. It's like, have you read Hero with a Thousand Faces? You know what is going to happen in this movie. And you could probably just sit there and go like, here's the time when they will have their lowest point. You know what I mean? So there's nothing surprising about it. Well, what is beautiful about the hero's journey, Matt, is that the specifics always change. <laughs> and so it is totally surprise. Like You don't know why those things are going to happen, but you can tell that they will. And I think that that's like the inherent satisfaction of this ancient storytelling format but i think i mean this movie is great like it's really really good and it has plenty of heart great tunes lin-manuel miranda 
writes the bangers, dude. He does. That dude knows what's up. The songs will get stuck in your head. It's crazy looking. The characters are characters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the 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 framework works. It's a lot of fun. It is like so competent. And honestly, like that's what it is. It's just a well-made thing that all of its ambition is just like, we're going to do the best version of this that we can. And we're going to set ourselves these limitations and it's going to be good. Like, that's, yeah, that's a wonderful thing. And to that's see. exactly what is missing from every movie. Like, like I love a lot of movies that don't follow this sort of framework. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I think that there are a lot of great movies that do. Uh, what I think gets lost is that like, all of these other movies that are designed to be like for everyone, all of these Marvel movies and all of these new Star Wars and stuff. Please everybody all the time. No, don't please anyone. Well, well they, they all think they're pleasing everyone. Yeah. But they just don't tell a story. They do not provide arcs for their characters. But that's because people increasingly don't want stories. Maybe. I think that Moana's success proves that people definitely well, children, do. Children do before they're ruined by advertising. <laughs> what Maybe. they want is a good story. But like... They don't want because children don't have nostalgia to fall back on. Well, the oh, this movie also has this movie to me really reminded me of Mario Odyssey, where like Mario Odyssey is very much like, oh, the people who played the Mario games are now making a Mario game that comments on old Mario games. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of like this movie kind of zings old Disney movies. Oh, good. Like Disney princess movies in like a kind of pleasant lighthearted way that's not like it's just like obviously for parents but also for any kid who's seen a disney movie yeah so on that note how many stars did the kids give it they love it uh but i almost feel like their parents love it more (laughs) and uh it's worth noting that my brother-in-law when it concluded i was like that was awesome and he goes (laughs) like we know how many stars you give it (laughs) (laughs) write us won't you (laughs) 